And it just took me way, way, way too long to realize, no, 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 no. Nobody wears one hat in this business. Nobody. And I mean Denzel Washington doesn't. Tom Cruise doesn't. The Rock doesn't. They're either producing or maybe doing some script writing or, you know, what, whoever and whatever it might be. But nobody is a one-trick pony. And it took me a little too long to get out of that sort of myopia of just, you know, tunnel vision. I, it, it, and once I did, now once I did, I really did limber up and become more malleable and say, okay, you can do this, you can do this. Art is fluid. Hey there, my name is Nathan Agan. This is The Working Actor's Journey, bringing you in-depth conversations with actors that have been working professionally for decades. Today we have a bit of a different episode. It's a great chat with an actor who happens to host another podcast about working actors that I think you'd really enjoy. I've come across a number of other fantastic acting-related podcasts out there, all taking different approaches, and I want to share those with you. I know I could just mention the title and say, go listen, but I felt like I wanted to do more, to find out more of the story behind it, who's involved, and share that with you, too. See, I'm doing this podcast, The Working Actor's Journey, because I love hearing the story. So that's what this episode is about as well. And of course, as these hosts are connecting with and talking to lots of other folks in the industry, they are exposed to a lot of great information. So that's what I want to tap into as well with this kind of episode. What have they heard over and over and over? What keeps coming up? What has the host learned about acting or the journey since they started their podcast? What are their favorite moments? Think of this chat as a quick look at the kinds of things you'll hear more of in these other shows. So today, you're going to hear a conversation with Peyton Fallis, who is an actor, director, writer, and producer. Peyton hosts the podcast In and Out of the Arena, and it's an atypical interview show. He creates a kind of roundtable discussion with working actors out there, people from all over the country. Actors with credits on Broadway, network TV, indie films, voiceover, and everything in between. It's a weekly topic-driven show, so each episode focuses on a different issue actors face. On Payton's show, they've talked about what's the first thing you do when offered a role. Transitioning from rehearsal to performance. The public shaming of actor Jeffrey Owens working at Trader Joe's and professional jealousy, just to name a few topics. I hope you enjoy this conversation and this experiment. I'd love to hear what you think about this kind of episode, if it's helpful, and if you'd like to hear more like it. Reach out to me on Twitter, at The Working Actors. That's The Working Actors, but without the I. Or, if you prefer, you can send an email to podcast at theworkingactorsjourney.com. Quick mention, especially if this is your first time to the podcast, go grab the guide 12 Top Acting Tips from Season 1. I've put this together from the over 19 hours of content from Season 1 of The Working Actor's Journey, and it contains great quotes and ideas from all the guests about pursuing an acting career. You can grab your free copy at workingactorsjourney.com slash sign up. So go get that right now. That link is also in the show notes and episode description. 
Check out these fantastic acting tips at workingactorsjourney.com slash sign up. Now, in Payton's journey, he has filmed two of his own screenplays and performed his first play around the country. As he has said about his career, plays, one-man shows, musicals, film, television, commercials, voiceovers, I've done some of it all. Definitely sounds like the actor's journey to me. I really enjoyed connecting with Payton, and it's clear we have a similar goal— to share what these wonderful actors have learned over a lifetime of working. I also really enjoy the format of his show, and I've got to mention his introductions in his episodes are fantastic. I feel like I'm listening to a piece on NPR. He's clearly a great writer in addition to all his other skills. So here we go with a look behind the podcast in and out of the arena. Please enjoy my chat with its host, Payton Fallis. I know you uh, have acted and worked in both Texas and New York, and now you're in Atlanta. You're based mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, where would you say you are in your journey right now? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I. It sort of made me smile when I saw that as the first question. Then I thought, well, of course that would be the first question. It's the title of the show. <laughs> um, you know, so what was I, what was I expecting? Um, that I, I don't have a clean answer. And frankly, maybe that's to be expected or maybe that's just how I am. But because in some respects, I'd like to say that I've got, I've got some skins on the wall as a actor, producer, screenwriter, a uh, little bit of directing. But I've got some skins on the wall. So I think, you know, I'm, if we're looking at this journey from A to Z, you know, I'm, I'm a good ways down the road. And then yet by that same, you know, the other side of the coin is it's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm just, I'm still a pup. I've got a lot to do. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 43 now and I feel like some opportunities are just starting for me. And, mm. So, you know, where I am on the journey, sometimes I want to be like, oh my, please don't tell me I'm too far down the road. I'd like to think that there is, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot more coming. And, um, you know, uh, obviously to a degree, that's just the nature of the beast and we never quite know. Uh, I made a joke recently with, well, not a joke, but I made an observation to a actor friend, you know, being, mentioning myself as sort of being in the midlife phase of my acting career. And he's in his seventies. And he said, well, I still feel like I'm in the midlife phase of my acting career. (laughs) So, you know, touche. Um, so it's something that I don't, I don't know that I can grab a hold of clearly. I, Mm -hmm. I try to be smart. I try to be, um, opportunistic. Um, I go where the work is. I was, Originally from Texas, and yes, have worked there some, um, but spent 16 years in New York, a little bit of time in L.A., a little bit of time in Seattle, and Austin was, I mean, I'm sorry, well, a little bit of time in Austin, yes, but uh, Atlanta, um, you know, I mean, the market's just huge here, and when I sort of just said, and I'd never even been to Atlanta, never been to Georgia, so when I took a step back and just looked at the reality of my situation, I said, you know, go there and give it some time and, you know, see if... uh See if you can build a little something uh, down in the southeast, and it's it's going all right. Well, that's great to hear. Yeah. 
so but, yeah, I mean, just to just to put a button go on ahead, that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the gosh, I think it's just the nature of talking about a journey. I, I think uh, you you can't. It's like the forest for the trees. You don't ever quite know where you are. At least me in my sort of existential headspace. So you know, sure. again, sure. not a clean answer, but <laughs> no, I, I appreciate I appreciate the. Uh, um, the vagueness, uh, because that's, uh, or the, the, uh, the complexity of the yeah. creative life, you know, yeah. the, that it, the creative path is not clean. It is not yeah, no. straight line from A to B. Well, and it, it's, it, it, yeah. And it's also that common, you know, again, when I sort of sat with that question and just thought about it, I thought, you know, I want to stand up for myself and the work I've done. And right. yet in reality, I also, also want to be like, no, 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 no. This is just um, tip of the iceberg here. You know, my, yeah. my mid forties could be rich with work. And then I find out, oh, you were just barely getting into the journey. So sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it, it's all an exercise in uncertainty and just mm-hmm. being willing to, you know, trust and, you know, take mm-hmm. a risk and see what happens and mm-hmm. what you can learn from it. And then continually take that risk. And then you, it's, yeah. it's like I was, I was telling somebody, it's like, you know, I've, I've worked pretty hard ever since I've started in the career in the uh, late nineties. And, um, but you, th- you, you always have to, it's like, okay, I've been walking on a tightrope and you're like, well, that's not good enough anymore. You've got to take, so, okay, now it's like, take the net out from under the tightrope. Okay. Now the risk is higher. Well, then after mm-hmm. a few months or a few years, you're like, okay, put a pit of alligators underneath you. Okay. Now, now the risk is greater. Okay. Now put a mode of fire with the pit. Of, you know, it's just like, you're always, mm-hmm. you know, risk is relative at a certain point. You, I feel like there's a lot of times in my career that I have to look at it and say, get out or double down almost like you're right. at a, you know, card table or something. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, so then the decision to do the podcast in and out of the arena, mm-hmm. um, what was the turning point for you from idea to execution and, and where did, where did the genesis of that come from? I've always really appreciated talking to actors a generation older than me. Um, mm-hmm. they, you know, whether it's just, there's no, there's not as much competition or maybe no competition with them and that they can sort of set a path or a trail of some kind that you can follow, or it's just maybe that they're a step more removed, not completely, but a step more removed from maybe all the anxiety, uh, and insecurity that you're feeling. And again, it's not like right. they're completely removed. I think to be in of this course. business yeah. is to be anxious and uncertain, but maybe they have just a little more perspective, but. Even when I got out of acting school, I went to acting school at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York. I remember having, like, when I could find time with an actor that probably had at least 20 years on me, I was just like a sponge and I loved it. So over time, maybe, I don't know, five years ago, I thought, you know, this is, and I'll also say as a writer, I spend a lot of time interviewing people in all walks of life. So I also enjoyed mm. just that process of, interviewing, digging in, trying to ask the right question, trying to get, you know, steer a conversation a little bit. And what I really wanted to do with this was go visit actors all over the country and do a an a video. I mean, you know, almost something that could play on PBS or something, but these little short mm-hmm. interviews where we're sort of opening up a cross-section of people, again, that I think are underrepresented. And also, you know, one of the things I try to focus on in the podcast is this is a podcast about workers, union members, people that punch a clock, um, people that, you know, show up on time. You know, it, it could be any industry. They just happen to be in a creative industry in the arts. 
And so, you know, I have a, I have a dear friend, Annalie Jeffries, who lives in Brenham, Texas on a beautiful ranch. And I just thought, oh, man, I would love to go down to the ranch and shoot her and just ask these questions and pick her brain. And, and she's worked on Broadway and film and TV, regional theater. Um, Bob Elliott is an actor in Kansas City. I would love to go on the lake with him and fish and, you know, ask him the questions there. And then my buddy Gary Sloan, who lives off the Delaware in Pennsylvania. But then I, that was fairly impractical. I certainly didn't have the budget to <laughs> hop around the right. country and do this. And nobody was commissioning me to do it. So the podcast seemed to make sense. And admittedly, I was not a guy that listened to a lot of podcasts. I mean, I did a little bit, but I wasn't really a junkie. And I thought, well, you know what? This is an opportunity to at the very least scratch this itch for me, which, mm -hmm. you know, at the start, you got to do it for you. But then, you know, really, um, like I said, the, the, the words I come back to are illuminate and reveal, but illuminate and reveal these people and also mm -hmm. be able to hit a larger cross section because, you know, I have actors from Kansas City, from New York, from uh, Dallas, uh, LA, obviously, Atlanta. So, and I've reached out to actors in London and Montreal. So, um, you know, it's just, it offered me the opportunity to, uh, talk to these people that who, people who have always loved talking to. That's really cool. That's really cool. I, I always love to hear where people kind of came up with the idea and how it, uh, how it gathered steam and, and mm -hmm. snowballed and, and became, you know, what it is. And, uh, you know, obviously it's still early in your podcast life. So who knows where it'll go? It, uh, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and also it's Sky's just the limit. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope so. And, you know, also, I always think I'm about three years too late on things. So, like I said, <laughs> like I said, it was like probably five or six years ago at the very least that I thought, I want to do something like this. But I kept just I was yeah. like, but you don't have the resources to do it, you idiot. I mean, there's no, <laughs> you know, unless a lot of things fall into place. And so it just, I don't know why. Maybe it was this past summer or earlier in the year. I thought, wait a second, just do it as a podcast. Everybody loves yeah. podcasts. <laughs> Believe me, I have I have started and stopped numerous television series in my head. Yeah, um, you know because <laughs> you you think you have a great. I mean, you may have a great idea, but sure. uh, these things don't come cheap, and you well, figure out well, am I going to make it work somehow, or is that just not on the table right now? Yeah. Well, and I will say as a screenwriter and playwright, I will say that anytime I do workshops with students, I say, don't tell me about your ideas. I don't know what's in your head. I don't care about what's in your head. You have to make it a real thing. You have to put pen to paper and see it. You have to see the black and white because then it becomes a thing. Then it's real. And then right. you have a relationship to it. But, you know, when it stays in your head, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. We're all in trouble. Any of us. All right. So mm -hmm. what are a few things you've learned about acting or the journey of acting or as a performer since starting your podcast? Yeah. Sometimes I don't know if it's as much that I've learned is as much as I've been reminded of, because mm. I would say over the past five to 10 years of my career, I've gravitated more towards the work of as, as a producer and writer. And it's only been since this move to Atlanta, which I made about a year and a half ago, that the acting's been back on the front burner. And what I realized is pretty much when I got started in New York, right at, uh, right around 99, 2000, was that I really had more of the mindset of a producer and less of an actor. Partly because as an actor, you know, it's the nature of the beast. You're kind of waiting, you know, you're hoping and waiting. Right. And, and that was just never, never in my blood. Um, so, 
I've, I had sort of been gravitating more and more and not ignoring the fact that, you know, no, you've kind of got producer instincts and I'd been writing more. So to listen to these guys come from a purely actor point of view, it's just really rich for me. It, it, there's a lot of it where I go, oh yeah, I think that, or oh yeah, I remember that instinct. So it's sort of, it's a wonderful way to get me back in touch with that world that is very important to me. I mean, I, I think you know that, well, I know you know that, you know, we're all sort of, in fact, David DeVries, uh, he's an actor based out of Atlanta and he's one of the guys on the podcast. And he, he, he said, we're all generalists, um, to a degree. And he's right because, you know, David DeVries, uh, I just saw a one person show that he directed at the Alliance Theater. And yet, you know, he's got movie and TV credits as an actor. He works on stage as an actor. He does audio books. Uh, so, you know, yeah, we're, we're jack of all trades, uh, and to a certain degree, but I think I just, my headspace had been more in the writer producer world. And so it's just been a nice way to sort of reframe the profession through the eyes of an actor. And it's, it's little things. It's hearing, um, Lou Temple's <laughs> Lou Temple repeat the phrase. They don't call it catching. They call it fishing. And I don't always know what he's applying that to when he says it, but I appreciate mm. it. Uh, it's hearing mm. Gary Sloan really do battle with uh, the Jeffrey Owens Trader Joe's and Trader Joe incident that happened right. earlier in the year, and this idea of what is work, what is worthy, why are we doing it? And it, it was, you know, Gary really went there with it. You know, this idea of how he saw himself and the value of work. You know, uh, Keith Hamilton Cobb always puts a very interesting spin on my questions. I mean, in fact, now I'm just waiting for the curveball. Uh, but he's coming from his place, you know, 100% authentic. And and Nan McNamara, who's been a wonderful ad- audition, she addition, I should say, she's um she's out in L.A. She's got, I can just tell by talking to her, she is always prepared. You're not going to take her by surprise. <laughs> mm. And so it's just been nice touching base with that world again, sort of unblemished, um, pure actor point of view. Um, and it's really great. That's cool. I don't know if that answers uh, the yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, um, it, it, it is, it's been a similar experience for me, uh, to reconnect with acting mm-hmm. through this lens you know, it's not, it's not what people think of, uh, in terms of, well, how are you going to stay connected to theater or acting? Oh, I'm going to talk to a bunch of, you know, uh, veterans of, of the acting world, but you're right. It does give you, um, either so many different perspectives or so many reminders of things reminders. that you just, uh, yeah. you know, haven't, uh, well, haven't, you know, kept in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. And, and we're not all that different, you know, uh, and yet at the same time, we, have our own ways of couching it or own ways of framing things. Or we, somebody comes from this perspective versus this perspective. You know, I've noticed I've gotten into a rhythm with, especially some of the, um, the participants, the actors who have, who've been through more episodes now, cause I'm folding in more and more people, which is great. But some of the ones who I've heard from a handful of times, it's like, okay, I know where he, I kind of know where he's going to start with this question, or I know where she, where her entry point will be. But just because mm-hmm. I know that doesn't mean I know where this thing's going to lead. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
Now, you've mentioned uh, a number of them as we've been going along, but I'm curious if you have uh, maybe not a favorite, a favorite moment <laughs> or, or one of your favorite moments from the podcast. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, yeah, no, I um, I mentioned, you know, look, the Trader Joe's episode was interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. I mentioned Gary specifically, but all of them sort of dealing with this. You know, we all know going into the business. Well, maybe we don't know, but we should know that you, <laughs> you're going to be lucky if you're not waiting tables or slinging drinks or, uh, you know, parking cars or, you know, do, working in real estate, right? I mean, you're going to right, be, that's just part of it. You know, you don't want to live there. You don't want to dwell, dwell on that. And then when you get into the career and you realize, yeah, you're a freelancer and this job is, one job at a time. And, you know, I feel like one of my, as moderator of this, one of my roles is really to not, is to try to get people off the sort of typical answer or maybe the first thing that comes to mind. I I really want them to dig a little deeper. And as I was listening to everybody's response, I mean, there was this sense that I mean, okay, I'll put it to you this way. I think all work should be valued, absolutely. But I do think mm-hmm. there's a difference if I'm, say, playing Hamlet at the Mark Taper versus driving for Uber. It does not mean driving for Uber is a bad or, or, you know, or anything like that. But, and maybe my problem is that I'm trying to equate two things, and that's not what I should be doing. But I just couldn't help but think, you know, these guys have done a lot of great work, and then I also know they've waited tables. And you can't tell me that both are in the same arena, <laughs> both are in the same mm. world. And there was just something, I didn't know that that episode would spring up so many things in me, um, but it did. And I think it's because they were honest and they were, um, you know, forthright and weren't afraid to. Oh, politically correct's not the word, but you know, not afraid to say what say what was on their minds, on their hearts. Right. Um, also, recently, there was an episode we did on professional jealousy. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago, mm. and that's a beast, man. I mean, like I had a hard time even trying to frame because I really script my intros pretty pretty clearly, and I was mm. having a hard time talking about it because it's not something that I like talking about. <laughs> You know, yeah. it's it's not it's not something that is redeeming and uh, makes any of us look good. Um, and so, yeah. Do you know that? Do you know that line from The Dresser? I don't know if you've uh, heard this quote before. The play of The Dresser, I think, they, and they did a film of it recently. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it it's an older actor is uh, it's between two, you know, an older actor and and his dresser, and. The older actors. Did Albert Finney do this? He may have done a film version. I know they did a recent version with McKellen and Anthony Hopkins. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Um, Sorry. And uh, but the uh, the older actor, you know, he's talking about another older actor he knows, and he says, "I saw his Othello. I was pleasantly disappointed." (laughs) And I think that really encapsulates. (laughs) how easy it is to feel that way you know that that yeah you you have to be very wary of walking around with that kind of attitude yeah yeah well you know i think it's 
I think it's human, and I think you know it's not a meritocracy. So I mean, things are going to things just you know I've, I've spoken with students before. I said you could accomplish more in one month than I've done in twenty years, and of course not really, but you know, but by certain metrics they could. You know, it's not sure. impossible. Sure. It's not likely, right. but it's not impossible. But I think you know the level of competition and stuff like that. That's just inherent. But yeah. I think the one thing that can never and it might take hold, but you can't live there. The one word that I just try to fight at all times is bitterness. Because I don't think mm, you move yeah. from bitterness. I think bitterness is a dead end. I yep. think frustration. I think, you know, disappointment. You know, whatever. I think you can navigate those. But bitterness is a... Uh, you're just not yeah. winning that game. That's just that's just a road to nowhere so fast. Right. No, no I'll tell you. I think I've, I haven't been more excited or fired up about acting or being creative than when I've gone to see a piece of theater and been so thoroughly disappointed. Um, you know, it, it, I think it really does kick you, you know, into gear of like, yeah. wait, that's what's going on. That's what's happening. Yeah. I, sure. I can do better than that. And, and sure. it's, it, you don't have to make it personal, but it definitely, you know, reminds you that, wait a second, I have something to say and, yep. and I can mm-hmm. do something here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, you're yeah. right. Disappointment, disappointment can be healthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and ultimately, uh, all sorts of things stoke the fire. And sometimes right. they come from a more negative place. And that's fine. As long as you know yeah. how to, <laughs> as long as you know how to use it for good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, you're not I feel like Stan Lee or somebody, you know, writing, a, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's the quote from Spider-Man uh, that's so famous? Um, oh, uh, power and great, responsibility. Great power comes great yeah. responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. I would also, I, well, the one other thing I would, going back to your original question were specific moments. I, I sat with when uh, Keith Hamilton Cobb quoted a, a Buddhist phrase, um, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. And that, I was just like, oh man, I love a good quote. Cause it'll just, it just, it just stays in the brain. I just can't, you know. And I remember when he, when he said that, well, I can't even remember the episode. It might've been the one about Trader Joe's, honestly, come to think of it, but, uh, it just rattled around in my brain and still does. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. That is a great quote. Mm-hmm. Okay. So another question I have for you is, uh, are you seeing any new or recent trends in the acting business in the acting profession? Well, I think we can all, to, to what degree this is new, I have no idea, but I think we all know YouTube stars are getting, you know, it, sometimes it matters. Right. It, like, well, I probably shouldn't say this, but I don't have an Instagram page, but you know, if AMC wants me to work for them, I better get one pretty quick, you know, and I better get some mm-hmm. followers along with that. And this right. idea that your social media pages um, can really have an impact on this is, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a bit of an analog guy, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm 43, but sometimes I feel like 433 years old with some of this uh, social media and. And all this stuff, you know, I feel really behind the times. And so the fact that that would drive casting, I, I, I shouldn't say I'm surprised because I don't know that anything surprises me, but it's just like, oh, okay, that's a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the acting world's always been inundated with people who aren't actors, you know, whether, whether they come from other, uh, you know, creative you know, rappers, singers, athletes, whatever they do, you know, the rock, 
for God's sakes, you know. Yes, yeah. He's the, he's the number one grossing actor in the. But you know, to me, he seems sincere. You know, to me, he seems like he wanted to do this, and he does it to the best of his ability. And it's like, right? I don't care if you trained at Juilliard. What do I care? I mean, it makes no difference to me. So, right. Um, well, and and yeah, mm-hmm. and certainly looking at it from the perspective as a business, you know, mm-hmm. he's. He's a great business person. He's capitalizing sure. on what sure. he has. And who can fault him for making a lot of money and putting out content that other people seem to enjoy? Absolutely. It's, you know, I I think uh, I think it might have been Gary Sloan who recently, who said, I think on maybe the, the episode that I just posted this past week, he said, you know, acting in TV and film, that's the new nobility. And the thing that sort of mm. just, I mean, I have got actors on this podcast who have done most of Shakespeare's canon, Shakespeare, who I think we would all claim is the, you know, top of the top of the heap when it comes to difficulty and, you know, it's, it's, it's the pinnacle. Right. And it tests an actor, you know, probably right under that. And you put Chekhov and Eugene O'Neill and others, but you know, Shakespeare is mm-hmm. always going to be the one. And these guys have done it at some of the top, not just Broadway, but off Broadway and, uh, sure. some of the top regional theaters in the country, Louisville, Hartford stage, Shakespeare theater yep. in DC, wherever. And, you know, the fact that that is not given more, I don't know, respect or just, I mean, these guys, I mean, this isn't, you know, a lot of the roles I read for doctor, lawyer, cop, you know, I'm walking in there, I'm saying three or four lines and I'm getting up, you know, it's, it's not particularly difficult. There are some difficulties to it, but the roles in and of themselves, I mean, my goodness, but you know, these guys are doing some heavy heavy lifting and you know i i it just it just makes me sad <laughs> that maybe there's yeah. not more you know respect given to that maybe there is i don't know but i don't uh, know the yeah. changes going back to the question the changes in acting it just seems to me like there's always a churn and mm-hmm. i i don't know and i always just try to you know uh maintain you know, me and be honest and bring what I think I bring to the table. Uh, I, you know, I try not to look sideways, but look forwards. And, um, right. So I think there's a lot of stuff happening that I'm probably blissfully ignorant to. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, I don't know, you know, over the last 150 years, you know, how much has stage acting become more niche in terms of, uh, the people that, uh, either respect it or patronize it. Um, you know, or if it mm-hmm. has always been just a subsection well, of the population, uh, you know, yeah. even going back to vaudeville, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I will say this. I have a great deal of respect for the Ethan Hawks and the Billy Crudups. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could name a bunch more that I'm not thinking of. Tate Donovan, people like right. that who right. could be just cranking out movie after movie after movie after movie and, you know, getting the great pay that goes along with it. But instead... Say, no, 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 no. I got to feed the soul every once in a while. Right. You know, I've got to. In fact, as a matter of fact, and I might be misquoting here, but I, I think I did see this quote and I thought it was really cool because Chris Evans, who I've never considered a stage actor, but then what do I know? I don't really know his work much on film either, but he was recently doing Lobby Hero, uh, Kenneth Lonergan's Lobby Hero. Oh, Broadway. right. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's funny. I had seen it with Tate Donovan probably 15 years ago, but. Uh, oh, okay. I, there was a quote from Chris Evans, and again, heaven forbid I'm misquoting him, but at least I'm not. I don't think this makes him look bad if I am, but um, he said something along the lines of, I didn't know that theater was the thing I was missing. Mm. You know, I, again, I hope I'm getting this right, but I remember it making an impression because I was like, yeah, man, 
it's it is it's important it's an important part of our world and i'm and i'm i'm always glad when i when i know people could be making a lot of money doing something else that they really take the time you know brian cranston's on broadway right now uh, in sure. network and i saw him do lbj a few years mm-hmm. back and so you know yeah i mean i th- i think you know when you know when radio came along and then when tv followed and films you know i think theater maybe i don't know if i would say niche but you know it 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 sort of fell back but you know theater's right. also timeless as arthur miller said right. theater's timeless it's it'll always be there it's too simple it's too simple right. and it's unpredictable so yeah yeah and 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 you know what we're talking about is that it's that balance between art and commerce sure yeah you know it's it's it, now this quote i do know even though this is probably urban legend but um to a degree but when some smart aleck uh interview guy <laughs> asked Michael Caine years ago what Michael Caine thought of had or he said have you seen Jaws 3 and Michael Caine was in Jaws 3 and Jaws 3 is not a particularly good film but the guy sort of snarkily asked him have you ever seen Jaws 3 and he said no but I saw the house it built you know <laughs> which is like hey buddy you know not everything's a Picasso not everything's supposed to be <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah. Um, okay cool well alright uh, just one other question I have for right now is um What's one thing you wish you had done when you began your career? Okay. I can give you a, I think I can give a clean answer on this. Um, I never wanted to be decent at a few things. I wanted to be great at one thing. That was just it. I wanted to be, and it was an actor. I mean, that was the thing. I wanted to be great, and primarily stage. Because um, I was in New York, and I was, uh, loved the theater scene. And it just took me way, way, way too long to realize, no, 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 no. Nobody wears one hat in this business. Nobody. And I mean Denzel Washington doesn't. Tom Cruise doesn't. The Rock doesn't. They're either producing or maybe doing some script writing or whatever. You know, what, whoever and whatever it might be. But nobody is a one-trick pony. And it mm-hmm. took me a little too long to get out of that sort of myopia of just, you know, tunnel vision. I it, it, And once I did, now once I did, I really did limber up and become more malleable and say, okay, you can do this, you can do this. Art is fluid, you know. Um, I'm focusing on one thing more than the other at certain t- given times. And I think that's where my instinct or where I feel like the career is pushing me. But I think that, that would be the thing. I, I think I was just too stubborn off the top. I was like, no, you're going to do it like this. This is how you're going to be known. And this is what, how it's going to happen. And, uh, it probably didn't hurt that the business was saying, yeah, we don't care about you. (laughs) So I had to eventually, you know, sort of embrace, you know, just becoming more open and broad as to what my career could look like. Yeah. That's great. But it took me too long. Like I, like, like I'm saying, I'm always three years too late. (laughs) I'd be three years or, ahead of or, if I would just or yeah or who, who knows maybe you're three years yeah. too, maybe you're three years early yeah yeah there, now we're now we're circling back to the journey thing where are we exactly yeah exactly. no I, I take your point <laughs> maybe maybe you know good thing it didn't take you another ten years to figure it out oh boy yeah who knows <laughs> who knows? who knows when I'm ten years away from figuring out I don't even want to think about it <laughs> All right, cool well uh, Peyton this is great thank thanks so much for taking the yeah, time I really man. appreciate it. Hey guys, Nathan here one more time. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe so you don't miss anything ahead. 
Be sure to visit WorkingActorsJourney.com for additional info and links for items mentioned in today's episode, as well as all the episodes. You can follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All the links are on our site and in the episode notes. Become a premium member and enjoy additional benefits and perks of the show starting at just $2 per month. Head over to WorkingActorsJourney.com slash premium to join the Working Actors community. Thanks again to today's guest and to everyone that makes these episodes possible. And a special thanks to you for listening. I'm Nathan Agin, and enjoy the journey.